This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm, I'm hoping, but I'm not hopeful. Okay. That's <laughs> the most Kyle thing you've ever said in your life. <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast. Your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Pokemon has been revealed fresh from the mint. Gimme Ghoul. Munchlax steals the stage with a shiny new coat. Another new shiny release isn't just a Pawniard in anyone's game. I wouldn't trust this week's Pokolore Pokemon. They're such a rat. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast. It's episode 214. It's a Friday evening, November 11th. I'm your host, Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. What up, Kyle? How you doing this Friday night? I'm doing better than I was earlier this week. So yes, we take yeah. those wins. Absolutely. Uh, likewise, this week was a little turbulent. Um, but here we are recording on a Friday evening, all the same. Thank goodness uh, what we enjoy to do just happens to also be this thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, so we wanted to make sure we got this recording out, especially before, uh, well, you know, recording done rather before the Teddy Ursa Community Day, because nobody likes it when we miss uh, setting shining goals, including us. So here we are. Also, some interesting news has come out in the past week or so as we get ever so close to the Scarlet and Violet release for the the main series games, by the way, folks. If you have a Switch and you're not getting one of those games, I don't know what you're doing. Probably should. They look pretty good. But before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to a brand new patron of ours. It goes by the name of The Ugly Rock. I have not seen this rock. I cannot confirm or deny whether or not it is ugly. Kyle, have you seen The Rock? I, I have not seen The Rock. Okay, would it be disrespectful for us to not take their word for it? I mean, it's their decision. Okay, I guess it's an ugly rock. Well, all the same, thank you very, very much for your support. We appreciate you and your patronage. Uh, more about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. So, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week as we were looking forward to a full week of actually playing uh, and then we got a little bit busy. But let's see how we did. This does include our Dratini Community Day Classic experience. So that'll be fun. Kyle, for yourself, let's let's get the shiny count out of the way. You set a shiny mm-hmm. gold, 20 shiny Dratini for yourself. How did that go? It didn't. Oh, no. How <laughs> no. many did you end up pitching? I got 13. 13? Oh, mm-hmm. that's not bad, though, man. That's not bad. Uh, now, was this for a lack of trying or did you play all three hours or what? It's a minor combination of both. I did not try as hard for sure, but also it's just bad luck. I did play for the full three hours because I wanted to stay for the aftermath, but yes, I was definitely not as invested after the first like hour. 
Very true. Yes, we will be talking about the Gimme Ghoul experience uh, that happened after the Community Day Classic, but we'll talk about that when we get into the news, by the way, everybody. So if you're wondering if we're skipping over it, yes, but it doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. Uh, so great. Unfortunately, I I will also throw out my shiny goal. I had set it for 30 and I walked away with if you if you count non Dratini shinies I caught that day, my total was 27. So I didn't quite get it. But my shiny count was 24 for that entire entire day. <laughs> Kyle and I also had a slump at relatively the same time. About a half an hour in, Kyle sent me a text and he's like, yo, this is not not going my way. <laughs> I think and I, I think I had one. And really? That's, oh, like, that's I'm like, that's I'm like, what is happening? I caught four in the first like 15 minutes oh and then it dried up really fast for like another hour and a half. And then I caught a bunch at the end. Uh, but, you know, such are uh, the RNG gods, right? <laughs> but I did not get my shiny goal of 30 shiny Dratini, but uh, I did get some other shinies. But I'll wait until after we're done to talk about the week. Uh, Mr. Kyle, did you get your 350,000 Stardust? It was a Stardust event. I did. Okay. What about your 1 million experience? I did. Awesome. And then did you do uh, did you get your shiny Giratine O? I did not. Oh no. I no, I did no. not end up doing very many raids after the episode. I probably did like 5 or 6 more. So And now it's the guz, man. Yeah, I've done uh, two of those. <laughs> not that it's uh not that the guz is a bad thing as as we'll soon find out or maybe not nearly as bad as we thought. Uh, last episode but okay so that's two out of four for you not bad mr 50 percent. we like that that's good uh besides not getting the 30 shiny dratini i did get my 1 million experience i actually got a bit more than that i think 1.7 because i'm at 27.777 million experience right now out of the 30 i need very close so i'm like you know 2.3 million away from level 50 Woo, getting close 500,000 stardust i think i got like 700,000, but I spent wow. uh, 2 million. <laughs> I met, I caught a Hundo Dragon uh, Knight on Dratini Day and maxed that one and my two other Hundo Dragon Knights out because I couldn't control myself. Mm -hmm. Love those guys. Yep. And then uh, my last goal was to get older, and that one was going to happen whether I liked it or not. Um, but it did happen. So that was great. Thank you to everybody that reached out and wished me a happy birthday. You're all lovely human beings. And if you don't identify as a human being, you're lovely all the same. That's great. So for me, that was three out of four. Darn. Darn. Send me that belt, Kyle. I'm not paying for shipping this time, okay? Just drive it over. It's not a big deal. Actually, that's, gas is expensive. That's, that's a lot of It might be cheaper for me. To, it to might. Mail it. it might. Yeah. It actually might be cheaper for you to capture a bird and train it over a, a series of weeks to fly it over here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's just hop into the news then. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, first things first. Let's talk about this interesting thing that happened after Dratini Community Day Classic. Uh, thankfully, we have some friends on the other side of the world who get to see these things before we do. Now, often that is to their detriment because the early rollout of some of these events in you know New Zealand, Australian area is mm, they break choppy. Yeah, choppy at best sometimes. But in this case. It worked out okay. We were able to see what to expect. Um, and so by the time this rolled around at the end of our event, we were ready for it, so to speak. But what are we even talking about? You might have seen it and not know what you were actually looking at. So let's dive into it a little bit. A new discovery 
Gimigool, a Pokemon from the Paldea region. Now, if you're not familiar with what, you know, Paldea, Paldea is, it's the region that Scarlet and Violet is going to be set in. So I would expect this and probably other future crossover events in the future, maybe little ones, because if you're not keeping up with the game, they are planning on like some apparently some pretty heavy integration um direct integration or at least full you know integration with home not entirely sure where it's going to be but they have mentioned it a few times already with no details so i don't know kyle what do you think it's likely going to be the scarlet and violet tie-in i don't i don't see so here's the weird thing is that it's capped the we'll get to it in a second the coins are capped at 100 mm-hmm. but scarlet and violet needs 999 as they show in the video so I'm just like, is that cap just a temporary thing? Do you, I don't do know. Do you think we can catch the roaming form and then send it to home? But then it, it can't exist in Scarlet and Violet. That's what they said. So it's like, is this only a collection type thing? Oh, did it say? Did they say it can't? Well, exist it, or it, it doesn't. No one occur. has ever caught one. So like, right. So I think we'll probably have to catch one and go and transfer it over to finish our Pokedex in that regard. Maybe, but it's also a form. Forms don't count for, for dex entry. It's not like a pre-evolution. Right. That's very true. Yeah, it's not like a baby form or something like so, that, which... Here's the kicker, though, is you need Scarlet and Violet or you can't catch Gimme Ghoul. Roaming, at least. That's a far cry from how Meltan worked. Very true. Meltan was very, very different, but hopefully they've learned some things and maybe this isn't nearly as paywally as it uh, appears to be. We'll see. I'm I'm hoping, but I'm not hopeful. <laughs> That's the most Kyle thing you've ever said in your life. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, let's talk about this about this post. A mysterious Pokemon suddenly showed up all over the world. Did you all see it? It turns out that this Pokemon, seen hanging around trainers who have picked up a suspicious coin, is Gimme Ghoul, who was originally discovered in the Paldea region. Research conducted by Professor Willow and Jacques, a biology teacher from the Paldea region, confirms that trainers have spotted Gimigool in its roaming form. Further, there's another form in the Paldea region called Chest Form Gimigool. You should watch the video that they put out for this. It's quite adorable. I love watching um, Willow interact with anybody. It's a lot of fun. The person they have doing the voice actor is, is very good. To see Professor Willow's and Jacques' discussion and to learn more about Gimme Ghoul's ecology, you can check out the link in the blog post, which we'll have linked in our show notes. We're still receiving reports that roaming form Gimme Ghoul is being spotted all over the world. If you haven't met it yet, let's go searching for it. How do you catch roaming form Gimme Ghoul and how exactly can trainers use these mysterious coins they've gotten hold of? Wait for the next research report to find out. So if you're wondering what you could have possibly missed out on, if you had no idea what's going on, basically at the end of community day, you saw an influx of Pokestops turning into these golden versions of Pokestops, which dropped additional items and on occasion would drop a coin, a question mark, question mark, question mark coin. And when this happened, you'd see a tiny gaming ghoul pop up at your feet and run around. And if you tapped on him, he'd be like, ah, coin, 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 <laughs> with like a little bubble, just a picture of a coin in it. And then you point in a direction, and I believe it it leads to another coin somewhere. I'm pretty sure. No idea. Officially. That's my guess. And then you could accrue a number of coins. I didn't know that there was a cap. Apparently, Kyle has done some research, and you said it was 100, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And so the details that were sort of explained in this fun video with Jacques and Willow is that um, Gimme Ghoul needs 999 coins in his chest form. That's what it's looking for. And so that's pretty much you're all caught up. That's all the information we, we really, really have. So I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. I hope and am hopeful that they won't mess it up um, or make it pay Wally just so that, you know, we have two opinions here. Um, but no, quite honestly, I, I am hopeful that it's something similar to Milton because it would it would leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth if you could not get a certain Pokemon without buying the game. I could see them limiting a particular form. Well, but not the I whole mean, Pokemon. here's the thing, though. We'll probably see the chest form eventually in Go when they get to releasing Gen 9 in Go directly. Are you I, sure? I, I would. I could imagine it. That said, they may be deciding this is it. This is just Go's answer. And the chest is, you know, Scarlet Violet's answer to kind of tying everything together. It's, who, I don't know. Who it's kind of weird. Who can say? I have that, no idea. <laughs> that said, Gimme Ghoul is real ugly, but chest form Gimme Ghoul is is all right. I like it. Oh, I disagree. I think they're both great. I think they're very, very cute. I, I don't like the regular. He's got, he's got not my gumdrop buttons energy, I think, a little bit. So I, I don't like that. Like the hands, antenna and the tail are just like a single line. Oh, I love that. Like the tail is like a money clip holding a coin. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't cute. one line. Like, yeah, that's fair. Very, very fair. So there's that. I guess we'll have to see how this sort of evolves, for lack of a better uh, word to use here. And, all, and uh, uh, worth mentioning, Scarlet Violet won't have home access probably till like March of 2023. So this tie-in is not happening for a while. <laughs> Unless it's a direct tie-in like uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was with Go. No, they they specifically said not till 2023 in this post here. Okay. So just heads up. And this does take up one inventory slot, your your coins. So just to make everyone think about that a little more than they need to. (laughs) Wait, so I'm holding 11, so that takes up just one slot or 11 slots? One slot. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. No, that's well, fine. so there's some people who think it takes up more, and I've seen everyone else insist that it doesn't, that it only takes okay. up the one. And I haven't like tested it myself because you can't throw them out. But there's always going to be that person. All right. Well, that's it for Gimme Ghoul for now, at least. I can assure you we will circle back for more Gimme Ghoul goodness. Um, but let's get to the big piece of news this week, which is this event that just started, uh, I believe, was it yesterday? Something like that. There, oh, two days ago. The Greedy Gluttons event. Trainers, we hope you brought your appetite because the Greedy Gluttons event is bringing out some heavy and hungry hitters, including Lickitung, Snorlax, Mega Gyarados, and more. And speaking of hungry, the Ultra Beast Guzzlord has emerged from ultra wormholes all over the world. We also received reports that Team Go Rocket might be cooking up some trouble with different shadow Pokemon during this time period. Stay alert, trainers. I didn't get the cooking up uh, trouble joke until reading this out loud. It's pretty funny. (laughs) All right. So when is this event taking place? It started this past Wednesday, which was November 9th at 10 a.m. to Thursday, November 17th at 8 p.m. local time. It's running for like, you know, eight days. 
ish. Yeah, eight and a half, something like that. Guzzlord emerges. Guzzlord, the Junkivore Pokemon, makes its Pokemon Go debut in five-star raids throughout the event and then extends past it will be available until November 23rd in five-star raids. This isn't new news. We talked about this last week a bit too. Uh, event bonus, half hatch distance for the first three eggs hatched during the event using the Pokemon Go egg hatching widget. The widget is available on iOS and Android devices. I had some personal frustration with this because I didn't understand that it was the first three eggs. And even though I just read it out loud right there, when I read this, I saw half hatch distance and widget. That's all I saw. Why stop us at three? I don't quite understand, but it does work. I've seen video proof of it working. Thanks Zoe. Um, but I, I didn't really catch it working for me because I, I didn't see it just being three. Have you tried this at all, Kyle? No. Do you use I, the widget? I have the widget installed, but it's like three, three pages over on my sure. phone. Sure. And I'm not hatching eggs right now. So like I have my regular going, but I'm not paying attention to it. Well, you might want to reconsider your position on egg hatching, uh, given the egg pool that we're about to go through. But first, wild encounters. You're going to be seeing in the wild, Alolan Rattata, Alolan Raticate, some good stardust there, Golbat, Swinub, Pelipper, Gulpin, Bidoof, Bibarel, Squovit, Lickitung, Snorlax, and Swalot. So uh, an interesting an interesting smattering of Pokemon. Uh, a good amount of evolved forms, so that's good for Stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anytime Snorlax is out in the wild, it's a good opportunity to get some shiny hunting in. People really like having shiny Snorlax, so it's good also for trading fodder. Any other callouts, Kyle, from this pool? Swinub is good if you miss the community day. Swinub is the most PVE relevant of anything on here for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's okay. Like the evolutions yeah. are, are neat. And that's kind of the only call out I've got to say. It's a more unique pool of Pokemon than we're used to seeing. And it's kind of yeah, nice. I like the, the theming. Like it's it, it is actually a good theming, I think. So yeah, maybe absolutely Golbat. I don't know. Golbat's kind of weird. But I love Golbat, man. Don't you be talking bad about my, my bats. What's, what's it doing with the gluttons? Does it I get I know I get it, it has a mouth. big mouth, but it's got a big mouth. Does it actually like eat things in its folklore? Is it like known for eating things? It's got a big mouth, man. Okay. It's got a big mouth. I think it's Pokemon that are known for biting. Well, but like Pelipper just has a big mouth. Yeah, for, for biting fish. I don't I don't think so. I think it swallows them. Man, get, give us the cram. Come on. Yeah, you cowards. <laughs> I don't okay. think Cramorant's going to be in Gen 9, and that's sad. That is a crime, <laughs> if that's true. That's upsetting. Anyway, what about raids, though? Uh, One-star raid, you're going to be seeing Mankey, Swinub, Spoink, and Tepig. Recommendation is to probably not mess with this tier that much, unless you need a good IV Swinub, and maybe you're a shiny hunting Mankey, but... I don't know. Don't don't three, do that. Don't do, do yeah. That. Don't don't do that. We're both telling you not to do that. <laughs> three star raids. Your options are Snorlax, Mawile, Swalot, and Sharpedo. Snorlax is pretty good to get a good IV one. You know, Mawile for the shiny hunting. I don't know about the other two. To be honest with you, I probably wouldn't bother. In five star raids, you're going to be seeing the Lord himself, Mister Guz Lord. And then in Mega Raids, we're seeing Mega Gyarados. And finally, the theming and mentality uh, behind why they chose Gyarados during this time is now apparent. It's because he's also got a big mouth. <laughs> and he bites stuff. He does. He does, he does have a mouth like 
as big across as his body. So I guess there's that. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I've never heard it described as, as that, but it is, it is a wide, a wide mouth. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about these eggs really quick, because to me personally, this is actually quite God. exciting because I'm loving these very small limited edition egg pools that they're doing. It's kind of neat in seven kilometer eggs throughout this event. You can hatch Cherubi, Gibble, or Munchlax. And now all three of those have a chance to be shiny. Munchlax is a shiny release for this event. This is pretty chill, I think, depending on how the rates sort of shake out. But I was also very lucky with Noibat, so I'm optimistic. But I would like to think that Munchlax would probably be relevantly, relatively available in this pool. We'll see. What do you think, Kyle? I know what you think, but I want to hear you say it out loud. <laughs> I think the pool is going to be like 50% Cherubi, 30% Gibble, 20% Munchlax. 5-3-2? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to say I think it's going to be more like probably, uh, I would say 4-3-3 three, because three. You're, you're losing – 10%. Oh, you said 532. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah, uh, so, no, there's there's no way they're gonna make Gibble more common than Munchlax here. You think so? Just because it's already been out and Munchlax yeah. is the the chase. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. But I, 442, okay. maybe I could see. Because Cherubi's also sort of a chase because it's a baby Pokemon. Well, it's only a baby Pokemon because Go says it is, though. It's is not it actually, actually Pokemon or not? No, it's not. No, it's, it's just not. treated like one. Okay. Only in Go, though. Only in Go. <laughs> got to hide the Monopoly cherries in the eggs. That's what you got to do. Um, but anyway, yeah, Munchlax is shiny release. That's that's pretty chill. Field research task encounters. You can earn an encounter by doing a field research task with the following Pokemon. Execute Cherubian Swirlix. How exciting. Why? execute because they're eggs and they can be eaten Cherubi no, because they're fruit no. and they can be eaten Swarlux because it's it's a dog made out of whipped cream <laughs> no no my my question of why is why would you want these encounters well Swarlux is a newer shiny and there's a shiny chance there and there's a shiny check for Cherubi execute is just the I think the junk filler while still being in on the joke <sighs> I I think it's fine it's fine uh, time to research. You're probably already partly through this and don't even know it. But if you do do that swipe to the right to see uh, your today view, you will see a timed research for walking kilometers, one for each up to seven total. You will get a, an encounter with a Snorlax and all sorts of berries. So, yeah, I'm finished with it. Kyle is one kilometer away. You have a lot of time to do this. Even if you did one kilometer a day of the event, you you could do it. So, you know, go out and do some groceries, get two kilometers in and you're done. Take the next day off. Who cares? <laughs> uh, <but laughs> just go get groceries three times in one day and you'll be fine. I think it's pretty doable. This is much more doable than the Safari Zone one was where it was like walk five in like 48 hours. Yeah. Some people just didn't have an opportunity to go out and do that because while walking is very doable, you know, for many people, it is time consuming and can be more time consuming for the sort of people that they're trying to encourage to walk more. So having enough time, this event's important to me. Um, but before we talk about the Team Go Rocket takeover portion of this, which is uh, the weekend, Kyle, I'm excited or actually not excited. I'm more interested really from almost like an academic standpoint on where you 
on what your opinion is of this event because (laughs) it's kind of firing on all cylinders but they're like different colored cylinders than we're used to does that make sense okay sure sure like like this event has a lot going on but it it does not follow a predetermined mold at least not as cleanly as we've seen in the past sort of is it just because it's new (laughs) i i mean it's it's not new this is this is we've seen this several times now not the greedy gluttons one though well no but like the only i think the only thing that stand out here is how tight the eggs are with just three encounters and that that i mean i'm not positive i'm still not hatching eggs by the way if that's what you're gonna ask no but you don't have to be happy about the eggs that hatch them so i'm, I'm not hatching them <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. You still haven't bought any incubators? No, I haven't bought any incubators since GoFest. Wow. Okay. Considering I hatched 360 eggs over GoFest weekend in Seattle, that is not the Those are rookie numbers. You had like 20 more than me. I don't want to hear it. I did. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I haven't. (laughs) Don't you forget it, Kyle. I haven't spent any money on anything that's not remote raid passes. And I think I had to max out some inventory I was missing. So so I'm checking the boxes right now because we haven't checked them in a while. Mm-hmm. Now, they've updated them. There's an Explorer box that has 10 super incubators, 10 regular incubators, two incense. And three remote raid passes because they can't manage to make a box about the remote raid passes in it. Yep, we, we yeah, that's the old one. But there are new ones. The Voyager box for twelve seventy five, six supers, four regulars, twenty ultra balls, and three silver pineapple berries. That's more that's more reasonable. No, it's not. No, it's not. I think it's more reasonable, but that's you're just, playing that you're paying twelve seventy five for what is six super incubators? Yeah. That's it. That's you're you're paying more. Well, not more. You're paying almost as much as the default price just for the incubators. What about the community box, though? I mean, depends on how high you value the the elite TM <laughs> or fifty ultra balls. No, those don't have a value. They're zero. Wait, how They're many? Up. Hang on, it's like it could have value. No, I've got I've got over two hundred. That those are worthless. <laughs> I've got fifty right now, and they're still oh. worthless. Okay. Yeah, I could have, have zero, zero and they would still be worthless. That's because you've got a, a good attitude. That's why. <laughs> okay. Well, bummer. Bummer that you're not as smitten with this event as I am. I think it's quite interesting. The only thing I don't like about it is this half hatch distance thing with the widget. I think it's clunky. Doesn't fit yet. Good. It feels like they're trying to be cute about it. And I'm just like, no, just either give the bonus or don't. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause. By the time I figured out what I thought I was doing right, I they weren't working anymore. And I yeah. had to look it up. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. All right. Well, let's talk about the weekend portion of this event. This is in the same blog post because this event is technically nested in it and they thematically fit to a degree. Uh, so this is the Team Go Rocket Takeover. Remember, this is the thing that we told you. Don't miss it. And if you do, don't complain about it because you missed it. <laughs> Uh, when is this happening? It's happening uh, next week. Oh, it's actually not the weekend. It's it's the week after. It's like a weekend length, though. It's from Monday, November 14th at 12 a.m. to Thursday, November 17th at 8 p.m. local time. So it's the majority of next week. Save Shadow Mewtwo. 
if your ears didn't perk up, or they should be. Giovanni's greed and ambition knows no limits, and this time his machinations include using Shadow Mewtwo. A new special research story will be available at the beginning of this event. Progress through this to receive a super rocket radar and chase down Giovanni. The special research will be available to claim until the end of the Season of Light on December 1st at 10 a.m. local time. They're also going to be releasing some new shadow Pokemon that you can get from, you know, grunts and the like. And that includes Alolan Diglett, Onyx, Nottu, Whalemur, and Golette. I'm not sure if any of those are going to be like super duper important. I mean, a shadow. Can you mega evolve a shadow? No. Okay. Then there goes that. I was about to say maybe mega shadow Steelix, but you can't even do that. These are these are new, right? We haven't had these shadows before. I'm pretty sure these are new, and if they're not, I, maybe not who re- is returning. Steelix has got to got to be something as a as a shadow for for PvP. Maybe I know right. Regular Steelix is okay for PvP. So, well, I'm smelling a future gear up segment. <laughs> we'll see. I hate shadows though. I know you do, but that's why I like asking you to cover them. You're always very objective. Uh, event bonuses. Team Go Rocket will be appearing more frequently at Pokestops and in Balloons. And you can use a charged TM to help a shadow Pokemon forget the charged attack frustration, which, if you're not aware, is the most hype bonus of this entire event. Now in eggs, we're going to see a, an additional nested egg pool. Forgive the verbiage. 12 kilometer uh, will include... Larvitar, Absol, Skaroopy, Sandile, Scraggy, Pawnyard, Volibi, Dino, Pancham, Skrelp, and Slandit. The Pawnyard is getting its shiny release. And it's a pretty alright shiny. I like Pawnyard. Good one. And then in field research tasks, this is the second most exciting thing for this event. There's going to be a task that awards a mysterious component available. So you can fight grunts and do research tasks to start building some more radar, which is great, especially if you're trying to target 12 kilometer eggs. So Mr. Kyle, he who could do without Tingle Rocket for the rest of his life. How are you feeling about this portion of the event? I mean, I have a super rocket radar from the last Giovanni that I haven't done. So <laughs> so you're getting two shadow Mewtwo. I, I can do two shadow Mewtwo. That's right. So that's the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah. And I'm really glad I didn't let you bully me into finishing it. I'm literally on the last step, by the way, the find Giovanni step that I haven't done yet. I can't believe you haven't done it yet. I've been I really, really tempted. I've seen it in the balloon. And I'm like, nah deactivate I that just, I just don't I just don't get why you wouldn't want to do what was that one for what, what was that one supposed to give you uh Latios oh yeah you were better off <laughs> I, yeah, yeah it's not it's not good um not okay so here's the thing TM away frustration is a really really big deal that I don't care about but I accept that it's a really big deal so that's great why, why is this eggs thing even here? I don't understand. It's the same egg pool. This is the same egg pool that 12K eggs currently have. Yes. Why is it listed here? So what they did is, and I didn't include this verbiage, besides Pawnyard having its shiny release, which is actually the only real difference, they put some very specific verbiage 
in like that, like on that module box, that colored box in their blog post that these were in, where it said it listed which of these Pokemon could only be found in 12 kilometer eggs and then listed the entire pool, which I then reposted here because I think it's important to remember because a lot of people don't interact with 12 kilometer eggs enough to to sort of banish the mystique about the pool. So it's really important to be clear about what's in it, you know? No, I I don't agree. <laughs> Why don't I you don't agree? Know. Do you just think it's dumb and you don't agree? Or, I, or no, no, because I had to go <laughs> look at the, the blog post to remind myself to make to, to formulate thoughts. The blog post specifically says the following Pokemon can only be hatched from 12 kilometer eggs. And then insert five Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we need this specific information in this blog post? I don't understand. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I think it's because in the past people have complained that they, they haven't been clear about egg pools and stuff like that, especially when it comes to events. So having a rocket event where people are going to be hatching these 12 kilometer eggs, you know, more often they probably just wanted to get in front of it and be very clear. I understand it from a marketing perspective. I don't think it's useful or new information to us, What's but just- I think it's in, it's important information to trainers you know i just an, an event like this would have me expect the egg pool to change it would have been cool if they had removed the ones that could not only be hatched from there like if they took yeah, out scaruby like absol larvitar screlp even yeah i don't know it just it feels like with how long it takes to hatch 12k egg even with a super to then feature in quotation marks there your egg pool here with 11 Pokemon in it <laughs> mm-hmm. that are all supposedly the same rarity. Yeah. That, I'm going to hatch it. at least 10, 12 kilometer eggs this weekend. I want to do it. I do think it is weekend. very cool for field research to give mysterious components. If yeah. those are not rare, this is awesome. Like, it's the type of thing I would like to see all the time. More often. Yeah. Like, just all the time. Just a standard task in the pool. That's not super it, rare. It's just it good. would also be really cool if they did rocket light events where like once a quarter even uh, or once a season, I suppose, to use their verbiage that they just said, hey, uh, on this like they, they do for go battle day this Sunday, which is opposite of community day. That's on a Saturday or something. Uh, the balloons will pop every hour and you can find this task in the wild. And that's it. Like you don't have to give us anything else to, to make something exciting like that. Like some people just want to farm the eggs. Yeah, I just getting twelve k eggs is exhausting. <laughs> to then get a twelve k egg and hatch a Skaroopy, I think it's among the worst feelings in the game. Personally, you know, I, I really think that you single incubator people have really you, you make it worse for yourself because you're like, but but no. it's been a week. I'm gonna hatch my one egg. It's a Skaroopy. This stinks. But that's not even. <laughs> factoring in the fact that the work you put in to get that egg i'm not even talking about from a walking standpoint because that's my own decision Mm -hmm. but you have to fight six grunts and fight the leader and technically have space if you don't it's so difficult to do all those things you're right it's pretty time consuming for one egg that has got a 95 percent chance of being trash (laughs) I can go catch trash on the walk in the park and I can catch a hundred of them in the time it would take me to fight two rockets. 
and you might be better off because Trubbish gives you a Stardust uh, bonus. <laughs> yes, so. exactly. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I think it's time the rocket eggs are like slashed in half. Yeah, I think so too. I think they need to be, uh, they need to come in two colors or something like that. They need to have like an orange one and like a dark red one and they have two different pools or something like that. And you get one of each if you have two slots, you know, it's that'd just, be neat. Yeah. I, something. I don't know. I, I can't be excited for 12K. <laughs> That's all. okay. I'm excited for both of us. And when I walk away with my shiny pawn yard and you're going to be like just so frustrated with me. No, and, I, I won't uh, be frustrated with pawn yard. I was frustrated with Noibat because it's a more rare Pokemon by default. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has sent me hate mail about it. I'm so disappointed. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, let's stow our disappointment. Uh, usually where it goes with the ending of the news section. <laughs> oh, speaking of shiny, like I, I mentioned it, but I didn't circle back. We didn't even get the chance to talk about, um the string of luck that i had i'm hoping oh you had some God. luck as well this past week did you any anything interesting this week no not at all okay <laughs> boy this is oh boy okay despite me falling short on the dratini on the day of dratini community day um and since the halloween event has ended i have caught three shiny giratinos one scyther one scaroopy one c dot um, I hatched That's an right. Elekid, and then I hatched a Magby, and then yesterday I plussed a Young Goose in the Swine Up. Wow. That's like yeah. Young Goose number six, right? Uh, let's see. I think it's it might be. I, I had to trade one away to somebody because I didn't have I have four in my inventory right now. <laughs> yeah. Good deal, man. Okay, Mr. Kyle, I think it's time. What time is it? It's time for gear up, right? Yeah. Okay. It is. Great. This week on Gear Up, when we're talking about Guzzlord, more like Guzz Squire, I think. <laughs> we're talking about two weeks in a row. I know. It's crazy, wow. but this one's going to be fun. It's also going to be very brief because it's just sharing information that everyone's probably already heard by that point because we're a little late. But it's a raid guide. And then also some extra information at the end. Guzzlord, as we talked about, dark dragon, which means four times weak to fairy. You know, this is like one of four examples in the entire game where that's relevant, I feel. And the real kicker, why I want to share the information, anything with double fairy moves, except for Galarian Rapidash and Florges, can solo this thing. Yeah, he, he's that bad. <laughs> Why not Galarian Rapidash? I thought it was better than that. Just It's just not good enough. Huh. It, if it was level 50, it probably can. But like with the the Sims, it's like estimated 1.1 players to beat okay. or something okay. like that. So it's still very good, all things considered. But can't quite do it at reasonable levels, at least. And all of these solo are manageable, even against a sludge bomb moveset, which is hilarious. Some of the Pokemon on the list, all kind of, because there's not a whole lot of fairy type attacker choices. Gardevoir, regular and shadow. Granbull, regular and shadow. 
Togekiss, Zacian with Tackle as its fast move because it doesn't know charm, <laughs> and Primarina. Oh, okay. You put Zacian on here, but no, uh, no Xerneas. No, Xerneas. Does... <laughs> no, Xerneas is bad. It doesn't. It can't do it. Yeah, but it's got Tackle and Dazzling Gleam, right? Dazzling Gleam is not Garbo. Yeah. Okay. 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 I look. I I only went down until it stopped saying one on the on the simulations. <laughs> when it okay. started saying one point something, I was like, "All right, I've gone too far." <laughs> I have to turn back. This is the list. As said, Guzzlord's also weak to Bug, Fighting, Ice, and Dragon. So if you're lazy like me, just pick whatever you've already got and go into the raid because it's going to be just fine. <laughs> if there's one other person, you really have nothing to worry about. Yeah. And so for those who don't know why he's so easy to raid, the way stats work and go is very mean to to some Pokemon. Let's just say. Raids set a Pokemon to a fixed HP, no matter what, based on the tier. So all tier five raids have 15,000 HP. And then the defense is what determines how hard it is to fight. More oh, for real? I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. So when people are talking about a tier six raid, it's because it has more than 15,000 HP. Oh. It's the reason that stuff like Shuckle is impossible to solo for a three-star raid. Because, because Shuckle has, high. you know, zero base HP. It's right. exceptionally low. But because the tiers set it to a fixed amount, its astronomical defense makes it very difficult to fight. Okay, that makes so much more sense because I thought the tiers was just a flat multiplier on base stats. No, but that yeah, makes so, so HP is worthless. It doesn't mean anything. Okay, okay, okay. And so as we know, Guzzlord from last week is extremely heavily weighted towards HP and has 99 defense. So it's it's very squishy. So pour, pour one out for Guzzlord and all of the soloing that's probably happening preferably pour it out into another container so that Guzzlord can consume it because Guzzlord would be upset if you wasted anything. <laughs> and now some minor correction from the speculation from last week. Guzzlord is okay. In the terms of like all right, but Guzzlord PvE. is. <laughs> it does get brutal swing, which I didn't even consider last week because it seemed like It'd be unlikely. So it's almost passable if you wanted to use it as a dark type attacker. I don't know why you would, but it's it's an option. And as I kind of figured when we were closing out the segment last week, he is very good for both Great and Ultra League. Currently like rank 14 in Great League or something like that. Whoa. Which is crazy. That said, to get one for Great League, you have to trade. It's the Tapu Fini situation where the lowest you can catch from a raid is like like 15, 20 CP. So you kind of just really need to get lucky. And I think that's about it. That's about all we're going to say about Guzzlord for a while. It's a shame he's not better. And I'd like one for Great League, but I will not be wasting my time trading people. So, Have you done any Guzzlord raids? Yeah, like two or three. Okay, I've done six. 
So not not too too many either. Um, and what has been your experience of the catching sequence? I I didn't have any issue. Okay. Nothing nothing stood out for me. Why? Um, it just feels like it feels like a hard throw with a short like a short mid stop. It's very strange to me. The pocket that that Pokemon has doesn't. Okay. It's just not what I was expecting it to be. Because it looks like I've really got to freaking crank that thing, you know, like a, like mm-hmm. a hoo, you know, <laughs> but but no, not in this case, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I didn't notice it especially personally. I don't think you care as much about the catching sequence as I do. I think that's just no. Like- I just like like <laughs> I was catching Dutini last week, and about an hour in, I'm just noticing like. Why is this so easy for me to get an excellent throw out? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this consistently when I want to, but now it's just every time, just like yeah, clockwork. You have to. I'm like, this isn't even an XP bonus event. Right, exactly. But but if you pop an egg like I did anyway, yeah, the well, excellent oh, yeah. throw is, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, it, was, they, it was adding up. Yeah, I, I got over a million. Just really easy for that event. It was very, very easy. I, I caught, I think, like 800 Dratini. I did the math, which is nuts. For me, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a high amount. That's too much. All things considered, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. But anyway, thank you very much for covering Guzzlord again because I feel like yeah, after we walked away from recording last week, some of the stuff I saw felt like we probably need to revisit it. But you you did the research right there, and I, and I do believe before we even get there, spoilers, we're gonna get some Guzzlord love in PvP corner as well. So Yahoo! But before any of that, let's hop into the next section, which is the Poke Lore. And this week on Pokalore, we're going to be talking about two Alolan Pokemon. No, not just Alolan Pokemon, though. There are Alolan variants. We're going to be talking about Rattata and Raticate, the mouse Pokemon. First, we're going to talk about Alolan Rattata. You know what Rattata looks like? So I'm going to skip the, uh, you know, hey, the, the regular the regular description. And they're the mouse Pokemon. Yeah. But it's a rat. I mean, it's, I mean it's not a rat, but... It's a rat. It has rat in both of it. Rat, yeah, rat but like at least hand. you could say Rattata doesn't have a traditional rat-like tail. Raticate is a rat. What if it's a gerbil or a hamster or something? No, hamsters don't. They don't have tails. And gerbils have furry tails, so that's not fair. Hmm. I'm I'm just I'm very confused by that classification. I don't I don't understand. Maybe we'll find out. Let's see. Rattat- we, we want spoilers. Rattata are non-native to Alola and arrived in cargo ships. The Rattata population in Alola was booming until Young Goose was imported as a control measure. In order to avoid these new predators, Rattata altered their habits. It moved to more urban areas, became nocturnal, and formed large nests led by Raticate. Alolan Rattata searches out fresh food by smell and ignores anything spoiled. Wow, a little, a little um snooty i suppose it has even been known to sneak into people's homes to find food it has dark gray fur and grayish purple ear insides there are two tufts of fur on each ear and near the tip of its tail its long thin whiskers are replaced by shorter thicker tufts of fur as well the line where its cream underbelly meets its gray fur is ragged instead of smooth this variant of Rattata is the shortest dark type (laughs) <laughs> little That's short fun. guy That's yeah fun. it is fun 
Alolan Raticate. In Alola, Raticate has become heavier and darker due to its urban environment and higher calorie diet. I'm feeling called out right now. Its fur is mostly black with a brown leaf-shaped patch on its belly and brown inside its ears. Its hand, feet, cheeks, and tail are a whitish cream color, and its hands are much smaller. It has large puffy cheeks with four whiskers under its chin and two sprouting sideways from the top of each cheek. Its large incisors are still visible, but its eyes are now red. This variant uses its nest as a food stockpile and generally prefers to have the Alolan ratata it commands to go out and forage for food while it remains in its nest and eats. Very relatable. It is selective in what it eats. However, only eating fresh, high-quality foods, such as fruits. That sounds like a good diet to me. <laughs> I understand. Rumor has it that a certain high-class restaurant even exploits this selectivity, bringing Radicate along to buy ingredients and letting it taste test new dishes. What? That's hilarious. That's fun. I That's fun. That. I, I, I like that quote. That, that has like slice of life anime written all over it oh 100 i would love to see like the chef and his alolan radicate and people are like it's but we need ratatouille but with radicates what we need oh my god that's what we need yes let's talk some stats really quick and of course they're not too impressive but stay with me max cp at 40 is 1705 and at 50 is 1927 it puts it in this weird spot where in a pvp sense you're not going to want to XL it. Um, so it kind of puts it in a nice spot for Great League, you know, sort of at at its max level-ish. 181 stamina, 154 defense, and 135 attack. It's got a lot of stamina. Low attack, but it does stick in there with some TDO, which is nice. Unfortunately, its typing makes it rather vulnerable to some popular Pokemon. But best moveset, you're going to be taking Bite with Crunch and Hyperfang. There is Hyper Beam and there is Quick Attack. And while you can make an argument for Quick Attack instead of Bite, there is no feasible argument for Hyper Beam. So don't even bother. Uh, And I believe that Alolan Raticate has had play in in PvP before. I think it's actually been quite good. And uh, that's all I know. I'm tapped out. (laughs) What about you, Kyle? Anything to add? My only thing to add is while you were reading, I went to the Bulbapedia page. And apparently before Gen 3, uh, Rattata and Raticate were classified as the rat Pokemon. And so in Gen 3, it was changed to the mouse Pokemon. But which, why? Which it shares with like six other Pokemon. Yeah. Pikachu, yeah. Raichu, Sandshrew, Sandslash, and upcoming Palmy. What about the Duke? No, what? I thought Bidoof was also a mouse Pokemon. What? No. What? It's the plump mouse Pokemon. Oh, Get it right. so close. Come on. Come on. I deserve points for that. That was, come on. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to know why Raticate was robbed. But other than that, <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of Alolan Rattata. I don't care yeah. for Alolan Raticate that much, but. Oh, bummer. Rattata is, is pretty great. I'm a fan of both. I think they're they're really, really quite good. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's a lot of information about Rattata and Raticate. They put a lot of effort into these Pokemon. I think when they did the, the first regional variants in Alola, they took great care with the Pokemon that they were making variants of, especially if they were Gen 1. 
which was the majority of them, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly. All right, so that's it for Poco Lore. We're gonna do Poco Poll next. Oh yeah. So last week's Poco Poll was: What do you think the function of the research breakthrough is currently in Pokemon Go? In other words, what purpose do you think it serves? So our first response is from Modders, and he said, "Hello, gents. The research breakthroughs." The research breakthroughs used to be something to look forward to, a legendary Pokemon with a lovely low CP to take into Great League PvP, or a rare shiny that was always welcome, but now this feature feels forgotten. It's like that Christmas pudding a colleague got you that never got used, and now it sits at the back of the pantry as you already had bought six. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lovely gesture, Niantic, but you really shouldn't have. Loving your work as ever, chap. Cheers. (laughs) It's a lovely gesture, Niantic, but you really shouldn't have. I feel like encapsulate the it encapsulates this. That's that's uh that's big. It's big energy. <laughs> Back it sure is. Insults. It sure is. Next response from Maxitron. They said, "I think the research breakthrough is trying to just add to the theme. It's not great at it for being something only available after seven days of stamps, but I think it's an attempt at it." Maybe to increase value, you get a Pokemon that has a different stat spread or a special move. So for Starmie, you get one that has Bubble and Bubble Beam or some sort of legacy slash signature moveset and or a little more bulk in place of attack. Little things like this could help keep PvP spicy without breaking the meta, hopefully. I 100% agree. I think we've talked about this before about how they could have made the reward encounters in GBL or in Research Breakthroughs more interesting if they didn't want to do Legendaries. And legacy moves was one of the ideas. Like, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's an obvious choice from them. But, you know. Yep. And the the frustrating part about the stat thing is some people want hundos. Some people want PvP rank ones. And sometimes the PvP rank one doesn't look like what you think it does. <laughs> so Very it's hard to, to balance that one out. Although I wish we could come up with a way to make it work next one's from venusy prime and they said i think the purpose at this point is just this isn't commonly available in the wild and sometimes to give the stardust boost from being evolved looking back through this year there are a selection of things that are usually exclusive to one star and three star raids as well as alolan vulpix and grimer which are only in 7ks without an event there's also PvP-focused rare spawns in Lickitung, Galarian, Stunfisk, and Metacham. Even if you don't really want them with research breakthrough IVs. Even discounting legendaries for a second, it is pretty notable how nothing this year has had much of a PvE focus. The closest being Onyx for Mega Steelix. Well, last year got both Gibble and Dino, at least. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, Gibble and Dino, though, I will say felt a little bit bad because we had the uh, community days and then Gibble was uh, GoFest, uh, big boost. So Yeah, but it's still, it is an option to get uh, better IVs for something PvE related. Yeah, but at the same time, though, too, when, when we're listing the PvP-focused rare spawns and then you don't get the right spread, I understand you don't need the right spread and that IVs aren't everything. I mean, I know enough about PvP to say that. It just to me almost disqualifies it in that interest, I suppose, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too judgmental because I'm still hurt inside. It is interesting just to note the difference. It's definitely been 
PvP or slightly uncommon Pokemon in yeah. research breakthroughs for the last year or so. I will say out of the ones that were just mentioned for this past year, I think the Onyx one was the best one. Um, just as to like where it was juxtaposed in an event for usefulness and things like that. I don't even remember. How do you remember these things? It's well, they they mentioned it in the in the list here, but it was yeah for Mega Steelix. But I, was it in the breakthrough because they released Mega Steelix? Yeah, and they were going to include Mega Steelix energy, but they put it in a research task as uh, instead because it right. glitched out. That's yeah. right. See, I, I love how that's the thing. That's the thing. They're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The carbon something broke. I remember when something that's broke. Right, that's right. Oh, everything's going fine. When was that? <laughs> I don't even <laughs> to know. To be her. fair, that was like probably eight months ago. I don't remember when Mega Steelix <laughs> came out anymore. It was a, it was a while ago. You're right. <laughs> Anyways, the next response is from Walrain. They said, "My understanding of the research breakthrough as of recent." is that it's a mechanism to keep daily player numbers up, but also to offer rarish Pokemon to players that may not have had the opportunity to get them originally. Example, Starmie. Based on that theory, it might as well just be straight up Pidgey next. <laughs> I mean, what was the last time you caught a Pidgey? Opposed. Yeah. <laughs> the whole room just went, well... <laughs> I, I was... I was giving a shiny Dratini to a coworker because I they really want one. They were working last week, and they're like, "What do you want in return?" I'm like, "I don't care. Give, give me a Caterpie, <laughs> like right, right, something yeah. I can evolve. Just give me something I can evolve." Honestly, honestly, I asked my I asked my sister, who's my my regular trade partner. I'm just like, Rufflet, Scyther, Cyndaquil. Come on, let's go. I just really, really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Just put something in there. Yeah. Um, Anyways, some of the Pokemon rewards appear to be PvP-driven, too, like Stunfisk and Lickitung. I'm totally fine with it as it is, but in comparison to other mobile games with active daily rewards, why not do a 30-day reward in addition? My take is that a monthly calendar could offer a legendary at 30 days, rewarding a month straight of active playtime with legendary pulled from a pool of options, so it yet has the allure of being some random Something random and special. Sorry for the long response. Shiny vibes all. I'm. So look, there's only two uh, options in my mind about why Niantic wouldn't do a 30 day login. Okay. Option one. And this is the one that's the most likely to me. <laughs> you got to You can't lead with that. You got to. You have to because it. it's, okay. it's the right. one that, that matters. Okay. That's the one to talk about. Nintendo says no. Or oh, rather, okay. the yeah, Pokemon yeah, yeah. company says no. Yeah, TPCI said mm -mm. there's there's almost no doubt in my mind that's the actual answer. Mm -hmm. Because it, I mean, uh, the rumor on the street is right, and and honestly, I do mean this rumor on the street. I'm not even being coy about it. We literally have no way of knowing this is true or not. But rumor on the street is that Niantic, and well, not Niantic specifically, but Nintendo is and TPCI is not great with how Go has affected the valuation of Pokemon and rare Pokemon and legendaries in the ecosystem of, of Pokemon, which I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but... it's fair, but it's also kind of silly because like people just cheated anyways. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> I can like, guarantee you my that pearls. Come on. <laughs> every team that you saw at the world championship this year was cheated. 
I, I wouldn't doubt oh, for a moment in my mind. Yeah, but, back up those claims. They're sore in the in the court of poker yeah. law. Come on. I mean, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> the second one is that they don't see the value of the 30 day login and that seven day login is it's is basically the same thing in their mind, which is like I, I get that. But how is this the only game that doesn't do that? I mean, honestly, to them, I'm sure the idea of getting the stamps is just it's supposed to be the mechanic that gets people to come back and creates the habit, right? It's supposed to be. But we have other things, too. We also have the first catch of the day, the first Pokestop spin of the day. You know, they only go up to seven. Yeah, I think that's fine, though, because in their mind, if they're trying to get you to play for 30 days, seven days at a time also works. But it doesn't because after you hit that seven, you reset. Yes. And the player and the psychology behind it is you don't have the exact, you don't have the same drive to log back in for day one as you do for day eight out of 30. I, I agree. So I think, yeah, they probably should have both. I'm just saying they might think they don't need it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's why I was like, if TPCI doesn't say no, then that is the other logical conclusion, I feel. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on both of those, actually. Something to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> quick, tell John Hankey. Yeah, quick, we tell John. It out. They, yeah. <laughs> Kyle and Chris figured it out. Chris and Kyle couldn't do it, but Kyle and Chris? That's right. So our last response comes in the form of an email from Julius. They said, I believe that now the breakthrough is a way to catch rarer Pokemon. We had Metacham for PvP which not many Metatites spawn in my area. Shedinja because it's Halloween and Starmies oh, yeah. because my area is devoid of Staryu, which is dumb as Staryu is one of my favorites. <laughs> also, hi, Chris. Long time no see. Julius. What up, Julius? For people that don't know, might be new listeners. Julius has been an active listener for a very long time and has sent in emails intermittently throughout the lifetime of the show. Nice to hear from you, pal. Thank you. I'm, I'm really curious to hear from people who live near water biomes who live on the ocean or some somewhere like that what the ratio of star use are i wonder if it's awful that's what i'm curious no like, not in the ratio like i just wonder if the spawn pool is just like always insufferably water type yeah i mean this fair we're insufferably bug and grass type over here so <laughs> i'm sorry i agree except for the insufferable part <laughs> I'm just curious what the ratio of spawns look like because mm -hmm. I found that even playing on larger lakes around here, I have not seen a whole lot of water spawns. What Handfuls it, at best. What it seems to do for me, Kyle, is just add ducklet and tentacle to my pool. Polywag used to be, oh, used to be yeah. everywhere. It's a, a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. But Star is just going to be a rare spawn because it gives Stardust. Yeah, I mean, nat naturally now, for sure. All right, we're going to move on. Oh, and you did say that was the last response, but I do believe we also have a voicemail. And this voicemail is from Lachlan, from our friends over at the Wastewater's podcast, also Peloton PvP. Let's see if he sounds like he said Wastewater podcast. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, Kyle. It's Lachlan from the Wastewater's podcast. I'm just going out playing some Pokemon Go while listening to your latest episode 213, and I wanted to respond to the Poker Poll with my voice. 
My long-standing theory with the research breakthrough boxes since the departure from legendaries was to fill in blank Pokedex spaces for people. It's the same theory I have for those random spotlight hours we can't quite figure out, especially those with evolution bonuses. So that would be my best guess, is for them to try and just give you something. I know it can be frustrating this month that it is Starmie, but a lot of people don't have easy access to Staryu or Starmies. And it's a kind of cool poke when you get the boost of dust, and we've got two increased dust community days, which you can just leave it in the top of your stack for to catch on those communities for lots of Stardust and those star pieces are nice. But I do wish that some other Pokemon who are not available in that season appear in the Research Breakthrough box. As much as I loved having the Shedinja Shiny release, Shedinja should have been in Field Research for the month, and Spiritomb mm-hmm. should have been the October Research Breakthrough. Yeah. See, Lion's good people. I, yeah. Going on this track record, we'll probably get, like, costume Stantless Christmas. I mean December, so who knows? But Please that's no. my Please no. ten cents, and uh, hope you guys are having a good day. Bye. Okay, yeah, I think I think that's right. I think I like the theory of it filling in the the gaps in the Pokedex entries for a lot of people. I'm sure they have that data. Like, what is the most common, you know, holdouts for a lot of people, and they might be flexing that information, and that's why it might seem nonsensical to us. Um, I like that. What do you think, Kyle? Yes, I I respect that as a as a mechanic and how it's functioning, especially talking about how Staryu has become more rare. But I feel like there's other ways to do that <laughs> and more adequately rotate them through seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think the only one that naturally makes sense is Shedinja, which I don't really even take offense to only being available in the research breakthrough oh well maybe you should i mean i (laughs) i do but like i get it and they've established that it's not something they've ever gone against so i can at least understand even if i will never actually actually see a shiny shininja in my life so you can google one right now <sighs> hey, hey. Maybe Shedinja will be in Scarlet and Violet. Be in the top tier of competitive play because it's the most busted thing known to mankind. Oh, that'd be amazing. Please. That'd be hilarious. I'd be so Please. down. Well, I would love to be able to just be like, yeah, I've got a Shedinja in my endgame team. That'd be awesome. So cool. But thank you for the voicemail, Lachlan. We appreciate you. So for this week's Pokepoll, we have... Knowing that the December Community Day will likely see previously featured Pokemon, what are you looking forward to having another opportunity at catching? All right. So 2022 has been a long year. I just wanted to give a real quick refresh to everybody. What we've had since the start of the year. Are you ready? Sfeel, Hopip, Sandshrew, Alolan Sandshrew, Stuffle, Alolan Geodude. Dino, Starly, Galarian Zigzagoon, Roggenrola, Litwick, Teddy Ursa. Okay, now, here's my question before I can answer. 2022 is the year Community Day Classic was added. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will see Bulbasaur, Mudkip, or Dratini in December? I think so. You do? I think so, and I think it will be at the cost of seeing the 2021 Pokemon come back. 
but the 2021 Pokemon in the past were only available in raids and stuff. Remember? They weren't in the wild. Yeah, what I'm saying is I think whatever slot or, you know, surface area of encounter they would have. But it's only three taking up the space of 10 or 11. Well, it was it was quite a ridiculous pool to begin with. I mean, it is. But like, I suppose I don't know. That's like the only thing I could see because I I just really can't see them justifying just adding more because it's overwhelming already. My opinion. You know, yeah, I, know. I mean, that's fair. I, I personally just don't think they're going to show up at all and they're just going to be tied to the classic. That's a, so another we'll, we'll good. Maybe see. they'll be in field research tasks. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But would you like a refresher list on 2021 as well? Because in the past, if you don't know, dear listener, we've been given, you know, a smattering of things from the past two years. Uh, so, you know, the year of that December and then the year prior. So the list for 2021 is Machop, Roselia, Fletchling, Snivy, Swablu, Gibble, Tepig, Eevee. That was a two-day one. Oshawott, Duskull, Shinx. Out of all the things I suppose we listed, Kyle, is there one in particular that's like, I, I could probably use more of these. <sighs> it's kind of a tough question, but I, and I thought given some of the lackluster options we've had that this would be a little bit easier, but I believe I'm mistaken. <laughs> you know, if we get classics back, more Mudkip is always going to be good. But personally, I think I'm going to actually have to throw myself behind Rog and Rolla. Really? Yeah, I could use more Rog and Rolla. Everything else, I, I think I kind of walked away with being okay with. Um, but I kind of want to break up my Tyranitar team with some more variety. And I don't have any Hundos. Or I think I have one. I could use more. So, not gonna lie, I kind of like to not play the December community day because <laughs> I've played the entire year yeah. already. Like, you know, part of me wants to say Litwick, but I caught another Hundo and I've got enough XL to take two to level fifty and have leftover. So, I'm I'm good on Litwick. If the classics show up, my answer is still Mudkip because I didn't do as good on Mudkip Day as I would have liked to. Of course. But without that, probably more dino. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I think I think dino. That's that's kind of about it for me. I'm not really interested in anything else on this list at all. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I can already see what the responses to this question are gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of people saying this one because it's the only one I missed. Yeah. Um, or something like but, that. So I'm interested in hearing those responses because I'd love to see if there's some sort of common one that people all missed out on. Um, and if there's maybe some sort of sleeper meta pick that we're just not seeing. Yeah, Starly with Gust. Yep, real good. <laughs> All right. So, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole question, which was, again, knowing that the December Community Day will likely see previously featured Pokemon, what are you looking forward to having another opportunity at catching? You can answer the question we post on Twitter. If you're a patron of ours, we have a Discord channel dedicated to it in the GoCast discord server more about that and patronage at the end of the show you can also call and leave a voicemail to 262-586-7717 you can also answer the question if you're listening on spotify in app there is a q a option and i would like to say just quick announcement for next episode episode 215 i will be prioritizing the answers done on spotify so if you'd like your answer read so if you'd like your answer read, that'd be a good spot to post your response this week. I would just love, I'm trying, I would love to see how many people are able to use it. 
and and see i kind of want to stress test it so let's try this it'll be a fun experiment <laughs> for all of us we don't get like a benefit from it or anything this is just for science <laughs> all righty uh you can do that and then you can of course also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com but before we get to anything email or voicemail related we're going to pass it on over to fish and DeFiE, who this week are going to be covering a number of topics but primarily the greeting gluttons event from a pvp perspective and they're going to be discussing some viability of guzzlord in the pvp scenario so thank you to the two of you in advance and here you go have fun hi i'm fish on a heater and i'm defi 250 and this is pvp corner the pvp segment with a disappointing moveset defi what's going on in pvp right now well, Fish, before we dive into Go Battle League for the week, first off, I want to thank Breaker for coming on last week. I'm so happy to be back and my voice is back. That was very sad when I was too sick to talk. So thank you so much, Breaker, for filling in for me last week. I had such a fun time listening to the episode. I had a fun time recording with him. He's, um, he's, he's such a seasoned pro. So with that, let's get into our headlines slash GBL section, and we have to lead off with what we are going to call Corrections Corner, where last week, myself and Breaker talked about the next GBL meta being the Ultra League Premier Classic. Well, D5, we've already had Ultra League Premier Classic. It's just Ultra League Premier happening as this podcast is being released. So XL Pokemon are allowed and will be there by the bucket load <laughs> the legendaries <laughs> and mythicals are not allowed and that will be the defining part of this meta all right sounds good i'm gonna go ahead and take a peek at the ultra premier cup and for some of the pokemon again lots of xls here we have trevenant steelix galarian stunfisk uh, Swampert, both the Shadow and Regular version. We also have the Shadow and Regular version of Nidoqueen XL, uh, Scrafty XL, Shadow Walrein, Komoo, Surfetched, and XL Dubwool. Yeah, um, when I was doing my my complete breakdown on Tuesday night with Lyle Jeffs, uh, he was talking about Dubwool, and I... I completely agree with his argument about how nice a safe swap that will be it's tough because you've got to have a hundo level 50 but if you can manage it or at least something very very close then it's it's got some game it's got some chops got some mutton (laughs) all right then if we take a peek into the future we'll have open master league and the element cup remix so open master league's just what it sounds like master league and all anything goes uh then the element cup remix is a 500 cp or under cup so it's a little cup only fire water and grass types are allowed also only pokemon that are able to evolve but have not evolved yet not even once are eligible uh, it's a remix because they're limiting the meta a little bit. They banned three Pokemon specifically that were the most used last season by trainers Ace Rankin up. That's Ducklet, Chinchow, and Cottony. Also, Sandalit is banned. Dewpiter. Dewpiter is like, that. that's going to be, I think, the meta-defining Pokemon there. 
I would agree. Some other really popular options. A lot of shadow Pokemon are high up on PV Poke, um, like Shadow Bulbasaur, Shadow Oddish, Shadow Bulpix, Shadow Chikorita. Uh, but we have some other picks too. Uh, we have Fomantis, which is the pre-evolution of Lurantis. Uh, we also have Seal, which tends to be really good with Lick damage as a fast move. Wooper as a shadow Pokemon with Mudshot and Body Slam. Um, I like seeing Shroomish up there. Uh, just <laughs> Shroomish getting a little bit of love. Leap is also kind of fun. Hopip XL is up there with Tackle now that Tackle's a more useful fast move. Tackle, a Grass Knot, and Seed Bomb. Uh, so I like that we're seeing a little bit more variety. Uh, I would say Bulbasaur, Oddish, and Vulpix were pretty popular last time, but I think they're going to be much more popular now. And it's going to be a lot of trying to get around Dewpiter, I would agree. Um, some things that Dewpiter loses to would be Slugma, Litwick, and then just barely loses to Pokemon like Chikorita and Bulbasaur. Um, I want to go back to the, the Hopip there. How low CP do you have to have to be XL in Little Cup? It is hot. You have to XL a Hopip. Yeah, that I find that incredible. A rank one is level 42. Yeah. <laughs> I find that funny. It is a little funny. But it, it, <laughs> kicks, it, it kicks the crap out of um, Dewpiter. So does it actually? Hopip... It does. It kicks the crap out of Dewpiter. <laughs> With Tackle, Grass Knot, and Seed Bomb. Because it's got the flying typing right, so it's neutral yeah. to the bug bites. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. We got It's uh, recommending the double grass move rather than... It has Dazzling Gleam as an option. I think it coverage. might just take too long to get there. Mm. That might be part of... That might be an issue. Yeah. Um, And it's also resisted by fire, like the grass moves are. Yeah. Finally, to finish off the season, we have Open Master League and Catch Cup Season of Light Edition. Only Pokemon caught during the previous three months are allowed, and they must be Great League level. Fish and I have talked about before that we don't love the Catch Cup. I would say this is the least offensive Catch Cup that we have ever had because it's not just a weak that you have to catch Pokemon, it's back from September. Mm. So, like, if I go into my phone and look up Pokemon that are two months old at this point, like, I've probably built a couple in that time. So that doesn't feel as bad to use them. I'm still probably going to try to build something for Master League instead. <laughs> yeah, and for me personally, just the way I organize and categorize all my pokemon to be built for pvp like there's probably still not going to be a particularly wide selection for me that i'm going to be comfortable dumping resources into but that's fine i'm sure there are plenty of people who do enjoy the catch cups and we certainly don't want to take that away from them it's got its audience it's just not us. Um, <laughs> next up, we have the Greedy Gluttons event. And we want to take a look at that from a PvP perspective and help you to focus some of your catching if you are looking to build something for PvP. So with the Wild Spawns, the absolute A-tier Pokemon that you want to look for are your Lickitungs. Get that XL candy. My word, <laughs> you need an XL Lickitung in your life. And Snorlax... Uh, particularly for Ultra League, uh, pro probably also equally important for Master League, Great League, still good, not quite as much as the other two, though. 
In the B tier, we've got Golbat, Squovert for a nice Greedon, and Pelipper. Um, Golbat, good on its own for Great League, but also good as a Crobat for Ultra League. And after that, you've got your Alolan Raticate and Alolan Rattata. And Swinub, because Mamoswine does okay in Master League. It's a nice fringe pick. It is. I am very hopeful someday to build a level 50 Mamoswine for Open Master League. Ooh, I'm yeah. just not there. In Wisconsin in the winter, you would think I would have <laughs> all that XL candy, but I currently have 123 Swinub XL, and I really, mm-hmm. really want to get there. In eggs, there are Gibble and Munchlax. Uh, Gibble had its community day, so a lot of people are set on Gibble, but maybe you're a new player or you just missed out on that day. This is a good opportunity to get a good IV Gibble. Garchomp is fantastic in both Master League Classic and uh, in Open Master League. Also Munchlax. Munchlax to evolve into Snorlax. Also Munchlax can be a very niche pick in Pokemon Go PvP. Uh with both Lick and I think it has Tackle uh, yep. that got buffed. I keep forgetting that that's a viable move now. Yeah, and it's got same type attack bonus now with, with that as well. So it's like Tackle has the same stats as Lick, but because it gets that 20% boost as a normal type move, it ends up being slightly better on Munchlax than Lick does, depending on what the rest of the meta is. Next is Raids, and the top Pokemon that you want to aim for in Raids is Snorlax. Uh, there is one exception, but we will get to that. Uh, next up, we have Marwal and Mankey for a nice Primeape, and Sharpedo and Swinub are your C tiers there. Uh, then in research, I mean, Execute and Swirlix are in there. Uh, they're they're very niche, I would say. You could build a level 50 Execute and have it be really good in a draft league format, or maybe it's going to yeah. be... Like, I'm going to build one at some point. I just don't know when. And then Swirlix, I think, is a little bit more viable in, in like, Ultra League um, or as a a Charmer. Um, It's Mm -hmm. Evolution Slurpuff, I think, is a little bit more viable in Ultra League formats, but still definitely not top of the meta. But an interesting pick. And, hey, both have great shinies. If shiny (laughs) hunting is more your thing, that is definitely something uh, that you can look for. So we mentioned in the raids that there was an extra Pokemon that we needed to talk about, and that is Guzzlord, which is going to be really good. So to break it down, Guzzlord has the Dark Dragon typing that is currently only available in the Zwilus line. Zwilus has its own nice little niche because of that typing, and this is a Zwilus that you can use in Great League and Ultra League if you want. It also has a HP stat, which is reminiscent of Wigglytuff, which is like one of the highest HP Pokemon that is viable in PvP as well. So it's a Zwilus with a Wigglytuff type HP. In fact, even slightly better than Wigglytuff as well. And the moves are a little bit better, just a little bit better than what Zwilus has as well. So it's got Dragon Tail or Snarl as its fast moves. And for charge moves, it's got Brutal Swing, Dragon Claw, crunch or sludge bomb so it's got a lot more flexibility than zwilus where you're really only ever running dragon breath body slam and dark pulse here you can go with the more consistent damage of dragon tail or the fast energy generation of snarl plus you've got coverage moves like sludge bomb depending on what meta you want to use them in now dragon claw 
is not as good as Zoilus' Body Slam on its own, but it does get that same type attack bonus boost, which means once that's applied, it's, it's actually pretty on par with Body Slam, and they're the same energy cost as well. Brutal Swing is similar to Dark Pulse in damage per energy, but it is cheaper, and generally cheaper is better when it comes to charge moves. If you take a look at good old PV poke, uh, Guzzlord is currently ranked 14 in both the Great League and the Ultra League. Its biggest challenge is it doesn't make a very good safe swap. You safe swap in a Guzzlord and a Charmer comes in, that thing's going to be gone very quickly. So not a great safe switch. Other metrics, it rakes quite highly. Make it a lead, make it your closer. Uh, So it is pretty handy in both of those leagues. However, all the wins and losses seem to be just exactly what you'd expect. It's going to lose to a fairies types like its worst nightmare is charm. You're going to lose to a lot of your fighters. You're going to lose to steel types. So it doesn't uh, get you anything in particular that you wouldn't normally expect a dark type or a dragon type to be able to do. I compare it to something like a frost lass, which is, yes, it's an ice type, but because of that secondary typing of ghost it actually resists fighting types rather than is weak to them so guzzlord doesn't have that kind of role defying benefit that some of these other pokemon do and unfortunately it is very similar to something like a tapu fini a chrysalia a lugia if you want to get it into the great league you need to trade it with a low level friend so trading with a best friend not going to work you're going to have to trade it with somebody a new friend to be able to get a great league level guzzlord and then also we don't want to forget that the team rocket takeover is coming up so that is november 14th to 17th if you like to use shadow pokemon if you are not like me and use your shadows you can charge tm away frustration there's also a bunch of new shadow pokemon oh out of those fish which is the most interesting to you uh, I wouldn't say most interesting. I would just say the only interesting one <laughs> is Onyx. Uh, Shadow Steelix, I'm very interested to see how that goes in Great League and Ultra League. Uh, the others, things like Natu, Diglett, um, Waylord, like they're, they're, they're not going to be viable. Um, Gollet and Golurk might have a little something-something going on, but... That's a bit of a tall task. Like the Onyx is definitely the star of the show. One other thing to talk about kind of in our general event section, Ursaluna had its moves pushed. It's not great. Fish. Nah. It's not <laughs> not as not not what we were hoping for. Fast moves are tackle and rock smash. We were hoping for something a little better. Charge moves are fire punch, thunder punch, and aerial ace. And then it will get high horsepower as mm. its community day move. So not not as exciting. And I was actually having an interesting conversation with someone about this on Twitter, which, I mean, that's that should get, get you on alert there, a conversation on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, you know, respectful conversation. Uh, I don't mind at all that this Pokemon's a dud. I don't expect every new Pokemon that comes out to completely upset the meta or be a, a huge game breaker. Like if every Pokemon that came out was like a wall rain where it just completely reshapes the whole meta, then I think that would be kind of hard to 
sustain the long-term balance of the game. So I personally am not too phased that Ursaluna is not great. I really have to thank Breaker and Fish really quick for covering Play Pokemon and the Self Arena check-in last week. So for Play Pokemon, you talked about the winner of the Lil Tournament in France. For the Self check-in, you talked about Vroom Vroom Pow. Uh, not a whole lot has changed for Self Arena. Still, we're waiting on that new season in January. Nothing new on the Play Pokemon front. Uh, Warsaw is coming up this upcoming weekend, November 12th and 13th. And then we have Toronto and Arlington in December. And yes, Arlington is a city in Texas. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Uh, we have a few... Letters. Letters? Why Why am I so suddenly struggling with this? <laughs> it's not... We have a few mails. We have a few... We're, they're not letters. They're uh, correspondencies. That's it's too formal. Why am I struggling with this, DeFi? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we have a few people writing in this week. Uh, the first is from Wang J. Chen, who talks about micro-metas. He says... It seems to me at ranks 1 to 20, there is no real meta. You can almost see any Pokemon, but once you reach Ace and Veteran, the meta shrinks to what I call the internet meta. Basically, whatever teams are being showcased by content creators. Then at Expert, the meta is very similar to that found at a Play Pokemon tournament. At Legend, the meta opens up a little, as more trainers are more willing to try different Pokemon since they've already reached Legend. Am I reading too much into this, or is this somewhat accurate? I've just noticed that I can use one team and do very well with it, but when I rank up, I must alter my team until I find one that works until I rank up again. Yeah, I would say that micro metas exist. I'd say ranks 1 through 20 tends to be a little bit more of the Wild West. And then as you rank up, I think the metas change a little bit. Um, I don't think it's like a hard and fast, like at 2650, the meta changes. (laughs) Uh, Like, I don't think that happens. But I think certain pockets of elo ranges can have different metas available um and have different pokemon that are popular at certain pockets so i do think that's true maybe more than just you know ace veteran expert legend i think there might be little pockets in there that shift around you know depending on the day i think i almost agree my suspicion my belief is that just it's a smooth gradient as you go up the elo ladder so like the higher up you get the more condensed and constricted the meta is to, until it reaches you know what uh wang j chen refers to as the internet meta and i do agree that once you get to legend rank then it kind of blossoms back out again and people start to explore again but i think there's so much movement from each individual player from day to day that it's it would be way too hard to maintain a pocket meta within like the space of a a hundred or 150 elo. All right. So maybe somewhere between our two takes is the Mm. actual answer. Yeah. Thank you. Wing J Chen for writing in. Andy O writes in. Hi folks. Thanks for all your work. Wish I could support you with more than just good vibes. Your good vibes are all that we need. Andy. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Don't know if this is an interesting question for people, but I'm asking it because I just had a GBL battle with someone I know. This has never happened to me before. I do 500 to 800 battles per season. A friend hypothesized that this makes sense because they're trying to get people to interact IRL. Has this happened to anyone that you know? None of my crew have experienced this. 
I did play the same person twice in a row when GBL was new, and I've always assumed that was a bug they eliminated. Anyway, thanks for your time. Peace and love, Andy. Oh, sorry for the long email. Yeah, so Niantic have been pretty quiet about how their matchmaking system works. And I believe that's by design because the more they reveal about that kind of thing, the more people can use that to game the system if they so choose. There has been, for a really long time, like since the dawn of time, there has been conspiracy theories about what we call just the general term is the algorithm, where they will take factors other than just your ELO and use them to find a match for you. We tend to be pretty careful about that kind of thing. We don't want to perpetuate any sort of idea that there is any sort of matchmaking algorithm out there. Um, Niantic have come out in a previous dev diary to say that there is no algorithm, but it was kind of like an impassing comment so they didn't get any more specific, you know, uh, they, they didn't address any sort of more specific concerns about the matchmaking they just said oh yeah it's it's your elo there's there's no other algorithm involved um so we think that well we're, we're sure that coming up against this person you know that was just a complete coincidence a fun coincidence but a, a coincidence yeah i've run into different content creators before i've run into people that i know and yeah it happens it's complete coincidence um, I completely agree with what you said, Fish, about how uh, they're purposefully quiet about their matchmaking system because we know people would just game the system. If there mm. was a way to control who you were matched up against, we know people would exploit it. So it's very good that Niantic isn't completely sharing that with us because uh, people would just exploit it. The last question comes from Ranger Hodge, who says, Hello, everyone. I wanted to thank you all for the tremendous help you have unknowingly provided me this season. I was not really into PvP since I did not understand the mechanics and there is no active PvP group in my community to learn from. Towards the end of last season, I gave GoCast and BTW a listen. Shout out to the BTW podcast. And absorbed so much from your thorough and thoughtful perspectives and knowledge of PvP. Last season, I got to rank 7 after listening to your shows. I entered into Miltank Day with 1,632 points. A few minutes ago, I made it to rank 21, a near 400-point climb. A special thanks to WildcatDad17, because I ran Gallade in front of Mandibuzz and Hisuian Coolfish in Willpower Cup with amazing results. Have a wonderful day. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your 400 point climb. That is amazing. Uh, and yeah, just a lot of really good news. It's fun to hear people's successes. And we're so glad that just the little bit of work we do here on the podcast has been able to help you. Totally. And I have said before how I, that like the highest praise that i can get for for the work we do here is that i wasn't into pvp before but now you guys have gotten me interested in it and i'm having fun with it like i love hearing that and i'm so proud of you all right and with that i think we can start getting into some of our shameless plugs fish what's going on over in the pallet town community so pallet town pvp has been asked to participate in the next fight night run on poker battle network so this is a team based competition where everyone on the team there's five players on the team and they have to each pick unique 
teams of six, so none of their Pokemon are allowed to overlap. There's 30 Pokemon picked on each team in total, plus there's five bands that each team submits. They The bands can be the same or they can be different. They don't communicate before they submit their bands, so sometimes there are some crossovers there, but the teams themselves have to be unique. So our five players will be facing up against the five players selected by Team BTW from the BTW podcast, and they've got some stacked players. <laughs> they have. We, we basically uh, said, all right, who wants to have a go? <laughs> but anyone who put their hand up, we're like, yep, you're in. Those guys were like, no, we want to crush these guys. <laughs> so they put together the best five players they could possibly find. And we are going to try and take them on. So that is happening on the evening of the 17th of November US time on the Poker Battle Network on Twitch. So check that out. And I would like to give a shout out to some people who have hit some milestones. We've got Cloudy Lee has made veteran and Music Michael, Hisuian Ryan and Fish on a Heater have reached expert. Fish on a Heater, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually got up to uh, 29.10 at the end of his sets last night. And then he started today with a, a 1-4 and a 2-3. So <laughs> it's uh, hoping to to make it to legend by today, but unlikely now. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I'm still sitting around in the veteran ranks. Cool, cool. I mean, with the amount of time you've had to battle, like that's... Still amazing that you've managed to reach that milestone. Thank you so much. How many battles have you done this season, Fish? So I have still, I've not dropped that streak of doing every battle this season. Um, so, so far, I've done two sets today out of my five, which has put me at 1,885 battles. Yeah, I've done 835 battles, and I'm at 2613 ELO. I'm at about a 60% win rate. That's still good. I mean, the uh, even even just that number of battles, like there are plenty of people who'd go like, 800 battles. <laughs> I know. So I have to always, you know, grain of salt, like 800 yeah. battles feels compared to your number, it's low. But in mm -hmm. general, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing just fine. Even with all the stuff, all the stuff you've got going on, you are still finding time to not only do the battles, but succeed at them as well, because you are, you're a legend to me. Aww. <laughs> In closing, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFiE, you can direct them to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about each of these at the end of the show. And in the show notes, you can click more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, Fish and DeFi-E, for yet another wonderful PvP Corner segment. And because I did not get to thank them by name last week, thank you so much to Breaker from the After Dark Ride podcast, who was on with Fish last week. And they did a wonderful segment. So just wanted to thank you by name. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate you and what you brought to the episode last week. And I know Fish does as well. <laughs> okay, Kyle, I seem to have lost my notes. I think a guzzlord ate my homework. Could you help me out? Where, where are we right now? 
It's time for emails. Oh, that's right. And one voicemail. Hopefully it's not from a guzzler. It would just be, ah, that would be awful. But let's start with that voicemail. Fingers crossed. I know who it's from. It's from Ripe Avocado. Hi, Kyle and Chris. Um, my name is Ripe Avocado. And I recently started playing Pokemon Go this June on the recommendation of my coworkers. And I'm obsessed. Um, I even yep. made my boyfriend get the app just so that I could have someone to trade with conveniently. <laughs> yes, um, I'm level 34 now, so I'm on that XP grind. But I love listening to your podcast. I listen to Lured Up um, as well. Yeah, let's And go. I think it's just so interesting to listen to you guys talk about your opinions on everything. My question to you guys is, can you explain Shadow Pokemon? Should I keep a Shadow Pokemon even if the stats are worse than the regular Pokemon? Should I purify them or should I keep them in Shadow form, I guess? Um, what are your thoughts on all that from a relatively new player? Um, and, yeah, I'm super excited to hear what you guys have to say. And I love, again, I love hearing your guys' podcast. So, um, shiny buys all. And sorry for the longish uh, voicemail. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ripe Avocado, for that response. Kyle has been sitting here smiling, so I think he's got an answer ready to go. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna back away slowly. Okay. All right, Kyle, I'll go so, for it. I, I make a lot of jokes about not liking Shadow Pokemon, but it doesn't mean I don't, I don't know about them because I, <laughs> I have to know. Otherwise, how do I know not to like them? But yep, keep your enemies close <laughs> and your hated features closer. <laughs> I, I think the the simplest answer is. Don't purify them unless you need to, unless you have a specific reason, like a, a task or something, because there's a few of those. There's there's really no value at all, at least from a strictly meta perspective. That said, Shadow Pokemon have a 20% damage increase on the damage they deal and a 20% damage increase on the damage that they take. So they deal more damage and they take more damage. And on the surface, you're like, wait, but why would I care about that? That's just a, a net equal. That would be true if the only place that that mattered was not timed, especially in PvE. You're fighting against the clock much more than you tend to be fighting against the other Pokemon, funnily enough. And in PvP, the more damage you deal in the less amount of moves is obviously just a huge factor. So there's value in keeping any shadow that you have, but some are significantly better than others. I'm not even going to attempt to quantify them because there's an awful lot now. But if anything that is a viable PvE Pokemon has a shadow, the shadow is objectively better. Full stop. There's there's no other conversation to have. If you have a shadow uh, Sneasel, it's better than your regular Sneasel if you want to use it as an ice type. So make of that what you will. It's not necessary for pretty much any content, which is what I keep telling myself as I continue to ignore it. The PvP situation is a whole different ballgame, though. Yeah. That not even going to attempt to talk about, except that there's a lot to unpack there for sure. 
there's a couple of interesting things that that do tie into the PvP element, but here's a very small example of something. So if you're using a charm fast move Pokemon that is also shadow, um, or you're using a charm fast move Pokemon against a shadow type that's taking extra damage. If you're able to swap into that bad match and get off even just one charm with a Pokemon that has high attack, sometimes with that damage boost and the damage boost uh, that they take, one of those two or even both in some scenarios, it's like half the health bar sometimes. Like it, it's it's massive. It can be massive when it's on an appropriate move. And mm-hmm. people have those those teams built out and guides written. So if yeah. you're interested in that level of technicality, that's for sure. But generally speaking, like Kyle said, you know, just don't purify them. And if you do do yeah. it for a task, make sure it's not your Mewtwo. Make sure it's a Rattata or something else you caught. Yeah, Rattata, Zubat, uh, that's about it. Th- those two, if you want to save your Stardust. There's a couple yeah. other, but. <laughs> I can rapid fire really quick a couple of extra details. Uh, unless, Kyle, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, uh, that's, that's kind of about all I can think of okay. at the moment. All right, so um, a, another mechanic that we talked about a little bit was purification purification was originally pitched as having some more nuance to it than we actually have like they were going to deal more damage to shadow pokemon i don't believe that's been live i don't every time we look it up we're always like oh this isn't live so i don't think that's going to happen regardless if you purify a pokemon it is then taken directly to level 30 it is cheaper to uh to power up and takes less candy and getting an extra move also takes less candy and less stardust the opposite is true of Shadow Pokemon. They are more expensive. For example, in order to max out my 100% Shadow Arcanine, the amount of XL candy I needed was like 336 instead of 276. Like it adds up, especially at the high end and the Stardust costs don't even get me started. It was outrageous. So that's important to remember. There are different purification costs for different types of Pokemon. There have different tiers. There's 1K, 3K, 5k and is that it is there a 10k for purification no uh i might be getting this legendaries legendaries. oh yeah but you're not doing that anyway so don't don't worry about it and there are also apex shadow pokemon we have hoho and lugia that were um apex version that we got from a thing they also have apex versions of them as purified and they were kind of trotted out as alternatives but the shadow ones still uh were better so yep even in that case yeah, I do have one thing to add just for about shadows being better. Mm-hmm. Even in regards to IVs, you don't have to stress that too much, depending on how you want to spend your resources. A zero percent shadow will deal more damage than a hundo regular Pokemon in every single scenario. In the example like Mewtwo, it's actually 15 percent more than the hundo would deal. Yeah, it's something like that, right? It's IVs are not as heavy an impact as you think, at least in terms of PVE. So if you've got some like 12, 10, 8 Machop that you want to make into Machamps because you don't want to wait for better ones, that's fine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's It's going to be better than your regular Machamps anyways. Now, whether you want to spend... The Stardust on something that is not great in terms of IVs is a personal decision. 
Agreed. Also, IVs are additive to the base stat, only up to 15. And so the higher base stat that that Pokemon has, the less effective it is to the overall uh, damage output percentage-wise that Pokemon is dealing. Anyway, we could do an entire episode on all these sorts of things we really wanted to. (laughs) But thank you very, very much for that voicemail. We appreciate it. And let's hop into our emails. Our first email is from Desmodeuse. I'm so sorry. Desmoduce? I'm so sorry. I don't know how you pronounce <laughs> I added an accent to that even mess with you just now. I know. I stop? know. <laughs> but like, I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm a Pokemon content creator. Don't you think I have that alt code just ready to go? <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway, Desmoduce. <laughs> hey, GoCast crew. I recently discovered your podcast and have been listening to the current content and slowly working back to some of the older stuff. Oh, no. Oh, boy. I'm doing this in reverse order, so I'm essentially chronicling the impending box decay doom as Chris and Kyle unknowingly inch toward tragedy. Let's go. (laughs) I've been playing Ghost since day one. The game was released two weeks after my first son was born and only a few days before I led a work trip where I was in charge of a large group of high school students at a conference of more than 20,000 other high schoolers. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh. I'm sure you can imagine the types of scenes that played out in the city of New Orleans as 20,000 teenagers and many of their adult leaders explored the brand new world of Pokemon Go in a city that was just as new while trying not to frustrate everyone else. It was crazy and wonderful. Since that time, I've gone through various spurts of playing. This last July, I led another group of high school students on that very same trip, this time in Houston. And ironically, those students convinced me to jump back into Go while on the trip. So here I am, three months later, playing daily and looking at a friends list of high schoolers who haven't logged in for weeks. Nice. I was duped. Oh, well. (laughs) That's such an honest experience. I love it. Now I have three kids ages six and under with another on the way next spring. I've been having fun sharing the game with my kids and also my teenage nephews. It's been such a unique way to bond with them. And I love it. I'm an unapologetically non meta trainer and I simply play with Pokemon. I like regardless of their meta ness. Boo. Boo. This I'm just kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> with that being said, I don't do PVP much. So I do sometimes wonder about the best PVE movesets. These non-meta Pokemon sometimes want to do eight DPS instead of six, you know? <laughs> I know of loads of websites to find the best movesets for PvP, but do you guys have a suggestion for the best site for PvE movesets? Thanks for the amazing podcast. It's fun, funny, family-friendly, and positive. You guys make me feel like I'm part of a community, and I'm always excited to hear your take on current Go news. Your enthusiasm is contagious. Thank you so much very enthusiastic around here right that's uh that's right that's me that's me you bet i would apologize for the length of the email but that would only make it longer thanks (laughs) (laughs) i love i just love like the meta Uh, jokes about this because sorry for the long emails a shorter sentence than that it's very funny anyway this is this is so much better uh, than the kit kat joke it's like my favorite thing we've ever had it's great oh jeez uh well so pve movesets the I, i'll i'll say game press that's right gamepress.gg is yeah. probably the simplest one to look for that said 
in terms of PVE, as long as you're double stab, you're you're fine, especially if you don't really care about the meta. Yeah. And eventually there's there's a couple of moves to use over another that I can't think of obviously off the top of my head, but like Moonblast over Dazzling Gleam, I think. It might yeah. be the, it might even be the other way around. I have I may have that backwards, but stuff like that that is the only thing that's really gonna change us outside of following the double stab rule. Yeah, you're really only going to have to look it up um, to differentiate between a couple of things that are sort of close, you know, know, in a lot of cases, they're so close, it doesn't make a huge difference anyway, especially in non-meta Pokemon. But yeah, game press, or if you type in PVE charts, Pokemon Go, you're going to see who's at the top of each, you know, type, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you could scroll down. (laughs) Yeah, and if you like, if you if you want to see numbers, game press has a DPS calculator. That you mm-hmm. can just type in the name of that Pokemon and it will show you the DPS of their different movesets. And you can That's just right. pick from right there. So it's, right. it's great. That said, three kids age six and under, getting them into Pokemon. I'm excited to be in that similar situation in a few more years. My nephew is like is two and a half now. Oh. And I'm like, he's getting there. We're, we're, we're going to get we're going to get him there. Start giving you. him. Po- booster packs at holidays and stuff. <laughs> I know. Got to get it going now. But thank you very much for the email, Desmodus or Desmoduce, whatever we're going with. <laughs> this next one is from Benji, and they wrote, I am an 11-year-old kid who came across your podcast about two months ago. Episode 202. Not one, not two, but three birds. I don't know. By the way, I do need to say people that like or dislike the titled names of these episodes, Kyle is innocent. Okay. He's not there at the time that these are, are usually smithed. <laughs> All right. I'm rewatching from episode one and I'm currently watching episode 100. I'm playing and I'm level 42 and I have a question for you. How much money have you spent on the game and how many polka coins do you have currently? <laughs> Thank you for your amazing podcast. Shiny vibes for all, Benji. All right, Benji. First and foremost, kiddo, I got to tell you, it's none of your business. I'm just joking. Um, but we, we've got this question every once in a while. And while I am very upfront at the fact that I spent, I've spent far too much money on this game, like several thousand dollars over the course of the years I've played this game. Um, I also get much more play out of this game than any other video game I play. And I play quite a bit of video games in my life. So like the, the cost to value is, is there for me. And especially during the slowdown period where I'm still enjoying the game, just fine. It's, it's been okay right now. I currently have like, I think 250 poker coins, like nothing. Yeah. Uh, I've got like 850 right now. I will say I've, I've spent a very large amount on this game. It is definitely more money than I've ever spent on any other video game, even other free to play and like gotcha games and stuff like that. And it's, it's in a really weird spot where I'm like, I've spent a lot of money. I'm, I'm probably going to keep spending money because I, I get joy and entertainment out of it. I'm not going to tell anybody else to spend money. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been times in like when there's really good boxes that were like, if you're going to buy a box, now's the time. But we yeah. we're past that period of time. We don't do that anymore. I will never judge yeah. me for not spending money or for spending a lot of money in this game, because thankfully it's really not pay to win in the world of mobile games. So yeah. in, in terms of other pay to win games, it's not. It depends on how you define it. But objectively, I suppose. But yeah, I've I've definitely spent that thousands of dollars on go over the course of the last five years. Yeah, but yeah, it is five years. So it's a lot of time. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> that being said, we've been very fortunate to also have some experience subsidized for us uh, via Niantic or other friends that gave us gifts of tickets and things like that. So, you know, it all does kind of come back around. Um, but yeah. If you're wondering what two adult men spent on this mobile game, there you go. There's your answer. <laughs> but thank you very much for the email, Benji. Next email is from Joanne ZK, and they said, Dear Kyle and Chris. Oh, darn it. <laughs> I'm currently in transit from Orlando, Florida, to home in Sydney, Australia. One of the highlights of my trip was meeting just the average Joe last night at Disney Springs. Joe is a delightful human who greeted me with a huge hug and sat with me while we chatted and traded. He told me his favorite Pokemon is Kangaskhan, and I'm happy to report that he is now the owner of a lucky, shiny 98% Kangaskhan. Oh, wow. wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Can I send a shout out to Joe and thanks to both of you for the lovely community you've created that allows these meetups. Sorry nope, for the long email and shiny vibes all. Joe, no, you're not you're not allowed to shout that out or thank us. I'm going to edit that whole thing out. Mm. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Oh, man, I I love to hear that people who met on the discord have been traveling and get to meet other people they've only chatted with. Oh, I love it. Yeah, there was a, a UK meetup during one of the Safari Zones, right? Or the mm -hmm. yeah. Fest. Safari Zones, one of those two. Uh, and those are really, really cool. Um, and then I saw I saw two listeners, now friends in New York, you know, got to meet up with them and share a meal and talk or, and walk around and stuff. And that was great. Yeah, this has been fantastic. This is like the best return on investment in real life value I've gotten out of a video game <laughs> of all time. So I'm glad to hear that other people are having similar experiences. We need to start instituting a rule, though, that if GoCasters meet up, they got to take a picture. I want to make it like a scrapbook. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be so cool yeah <laughs> all right well thank you very much uh for the email joanne joanne appreciate it appreciate you okay next email is from emma hey guys listener here from the uk i would like to know where you get the pokemon descriptions from that you often read out please they are so detailed keep up with the great work emma well easy answer for you i pull it from bulbapedia which kind of kind of mushes every existing or up-to-date pokedex entry into one paragraph and compiles that into a more mm -hmm. robust Pokedex entry. Bulbapedia uh, so, is my Bible for Pokemon without, without question. And while we do fight with our Pokemon Bible from time to time, we do acquiesce at the end of the day, such as primary color that a Pokemon is. Oh my gosh. Oh, with no, that one will never get acquiesced. I, I will fight somebody fish. Like <laughs> I see, I will acquiesce on that before I acquiesce on the colors. It's because we're tired now. Oh, now <laughs> I get to read Calvin's email. You, you sure ready? do. This Calvin. is for you. 
This is great. This is great. Now, hang on. No, I'm I'm looking it up before I'm wrong again. Oh no, because they they spelled it out before. Now I'm not gonna try and find it. But apparently, Google's like, nah. You're on your own, kiddo. Anyways, I'm on my own. Hey guys, how's it going? There's so much Pokemon hype in my house right now. We've recent we've recently started collecting cards again. A hundred percent finished the Lost Origin set, just in time for Silver Tempest to be released. Oh nice. My gosh. My girlfriend just got the new Scarlet and Violet Switch, too. Oh, I'm jealous. Because apparently we need more Switches than people living in the house. It looks so cool, though. Ex- exactly why you need it. it. Yep. And then there's Scarlet and Violet itself. I'm loving all the Gen 2 hype with Girafferig and Don Fan getting new evolutions in the trailers. Absolute buzzing for so much. It's like Christmas for us. It really is tough mentally being a child, but with adult funds. Yeah. Anyways, last episode, Kyle absolutely butchered a UK city name. I'm a fair man. He pronounced it Leicester, but I'd like to give him another opportunity to redeem himself. So I've prepared a quiz for you both. If you correctly pronounce more UK place names than goals completed in the last week, you win a prize. So you got to get three. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a list here but first i want to say because the first one on the list is the one i mispronounced i i commented on discord earlier today i definitely mispronounced it because i was not paying attention when i was reading it uh-huh then not knowing how to pronounce it that said i i i didn't know how to pronounce it properly but that's why that's where the the chester came from now it's first on the list i believe it's pronounced lycaster or or Laycaster, actually. But I don't know. Chris. I know I'm gonna have my go on all of them after you're done. <laughs> but the, wait, that's cheating. Yeah, that's not cheating. No, <laughs> okay. no, no, because well, these all I don't... share pretty similar uh you know things of the world. Okay, that well, the next one, uh it Glaucaster. I feel like there's a trick to that one. I don't know. <laughs> and I know that under- like I know that like Glasgow is Glasgow. Like you can't say Glasgow. Otherwise you'll get like, yeah. I don't know. So this, this, this next one is mean. I can't. Worcester. 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 <laughs> I can't say this word. <laughs> you can say the next one. It's a League of Legends champion. You can do it. Come on. Is Warwick? Yeah. Woo! I, yeah. I need to know if there's a trick to that though. Or if Calvin just doesn't realize it's a League of Legends character though. Did you check the back of the email? Is there an answer key? <laughs> <laughs> one more there's one more felix stowe that doesn't sound right <laughs> isn't it felix stowe <laughs> i don't know i've never actually seen like I've, I've seen the other three i've never actually seen this one before okay okay so felix stowe but like that doesn't sound like an english city name <laughs> i wonder if the x has more like a sh- sound sound to it instead of like sound stowe no, I don't know. Felix I'd be interested. Stowe? That's the one I want to know how it's actually pronounced. Felix Stowe? I don't know. Oh, All right. Man. So I'm just going to say these the wrong way that I would have just said them without looking anything up. I would have also said Leicester and I would have said uh, Gloucester and I would have said Worcestershire. War- Worcester sauce. Warwick or Varvik <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Felix Stowe is what I would have probably said. Although that's more of like a German thing I'm putting on it than anything else. It's because I'm ignorant, you know? (laughs) 
I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I don't know. But now we're now we've both committed this sin, so I feel like I feel like we owe uh, the big old ook a um, some sort of apology. But you're not going to get it. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for the tea, boys. That's for the tea. <laughs> okay, and our last email. Thank you very much, by the way, Kelvin. Your emails are always fantastic. Our last email is from Drew too, and they wrote, "Hi, Kyle and Chris. There you go, Kyle. Be warned, rant incoming. I need to talk about the youngster metal, which requires the catching of tiny ratatas. <sighs> this metal is pure insanity. I'm a fairly experienced trainer with almost 150,000 catches, and I just." Got my silver youngster medal. That's 50 tiny ratata out of 587 catches. At this rate, I will need to catch over 11,000 ratata to get the platinum youngster medal. Again, this is absolutely insane. Has anyone actually achieved this besides the handful of people that play the game full time? I feel like platinum medal should be difficult, but attainable. Even something like the best buddy medal is pretty time consuming, but I could do it if I just put in the effort. I could probably play the game at my current pace for another 10 years and not get the Youngster Platinum Medal. Is there a reason this medal even exists? Does it somehow connect to the main series games or animated shows? I just wish it would disappear so I don't feel the need to click on those worthless rodents. Rant over. Sorry for the long email. Signed, Drew2. Okay. Uh, so first... give this to Kyle, yeah. <laughs> first, I, I feel like before we respond, we should say what our medals are for the the mm-hmm. two of these that are three of these that are relevant two of these that are relevant yeah two of them where are they okay magikarp where's your big magikarp my uh fisher medal is at 387 out of 1000 that's pretty good i'm what at 198 bet? out of a uh, 300 okay and rattata i'm at 229 out of 300 i'm at 83 out of 300 Oh my gosh. But now just just for some quick quick checking, how many have you caught? I've caught about a thousand Rattata. I've caught two thousand and sixty-seven. Okay, so I've I've got a we're 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 pretty okay. Pretty comparable rates, honestly, there. Yeah. I mean, as the sample size gets that large, I would hope it comes to some sort of I don't know, parody. Uh but what about your magic arp really quick before we move on? Not as many as I thought. Uh, 1,300. Um, 2,778. Pretty close to 3K. I've had a pretty good luck, all things considered, with Magikarp. Yeah, I'll all right. say. So, so the real takeaway here, people do finish this medal. And the way people finish this medal is the way they do a lot of things in this game. You trade. In case you don't know, traded Tiny Rattata count towards the medal because it doesn't have to just be caught it's just obtained so those 50 if you had kept them and marked them in your inventory could have become 100 just like that so it's still pretty crazy but it's not impossible it is still one of those metals that i think would be best if it's achievable at a good rate and you never have to focus on it you know, like yeah. I think Fisher is one thing because they're like, oh, I should go hang out at more water and try to catch Magikarp because that's the Magikarp experience. But Ratatat yeah. is not that. And the only reason that we have this is because there's a youngster Joey who loves his shorts and he talks about his Ratatat in red and blue. 
Yes, you're right. There is a main series game tie-in Drew to, but his shorts are not worth this heartache. No, it's not. But he it is a running joke though. Like they they make this joke a lot in Pokemon I mean, they, games. They the are jo- the, the shorts and, rare. and the youngster has stuck around. So mm-hmm. it's yep. it's a lot of grinding for a uh, one joke, but it's it's a joke that has stayed the test of time. That's right. Yeah, about about ten feet outside of the first town. You battle a child and, and beat up its pet. As another child with another pet, I suppose. So I suppose it is an even playing field to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it for emails. Thank you very much, Drew, too. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email at these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail or just say hello or whatever you want to do. By sending it to 262-586-7717. You can, of course, also email us a voice file if you'd like to not incur some sort of call or you don't like, you know, being on the phone or under a time limit or whatever the case might be. No worries. Just send it on over. We'll take care of it. Visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast. That's GoCastPodcast.com. No spaces, no underscores, just GoCast Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, our only uh, social media platform, quite honestly, at GoCast Podcast. You can help support the show via Patreon. Uh, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And you can get access to our patron discord through there. Uh, Kyle and I are going to be revamping that entire system uh, early next year. We've been talking about it this entire year. We actually had several other time put aside for it, and it just never came to fruition. So our hard cutoff is going to be January. So if you'd like to dip your toes in and see what it's like before we announce our big rollout, um, I would get in there now because who knows if the tears will stay the same. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. If you'd like to help support the show non-monetarily, you can still do so um, by leaving us a review on any platform that, you know, allows reviews. Uh, Spotify does if you're on the mobile app. And while you're there, leave a response to the the question this week for the PokePoll. Because again, we will be prioritizing that for episode 215 for our responses right on the show. Um, But you can also, yeah, leave us a review in other places that actually have review infrastructure, not just on the mobile app, like Apple Podcasts, for example. But before we move on to our last thing, which is goals, a shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons who really honestly quite help out by keeping the digital lights on. A shout out and big thank you to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Hisui, and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Modders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so, so much to all of you for your increased pledge, confidence, and support. You are awesome. Okay, Mr. Kyle, let's set some goals here. We're going to have Teddy Ursa uh, Community Day. Guzzlord is still in the Tier 5 raid rotation. And uh, there's new 7-kilometer egg pool to, to mess with if you're so inclined. Boo. Boo. So what are you doing? Four goals. Six, Shiny Teddy Ursa. I don't plan on playing very much tomorrow. But I got to make sure I get Ursa Luna. So that's another goal. Get Ursaluna. 10, Guzzlord. And because I'm apparently insane, two Shadow Mewtwo. I want to see if I can finish them. I have one that I'll, I'll get as soon as the event turns over, but got to finish the other one in one day. We'll see. <laughs> oh, no, the Shadow Mewtwo thing doesn't start until Monday. Yeah, we're not going to record until Tuesday. 
Oh, you're going to do it in one day? God, I'm going to try. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, technically two days, but. Well, that's impressive because that event starts right before we're supposed to record next week. So, okay. I'm, I'm here for it. That's awesome. It should be doable unless they're like. D- defeat team go rocket members five days in a row or something I would be so, like look i feel like if that <laughs> happens i i deserve a pass on on failing sure i'm, I'm willing to agree to that if it's outrageous and time gated for some reason like that absolutely you got it okay okay all right for myself five hundred thousand stardust one million experience so i will be within spitting distance of level 50 we'll see how i'm feeling on that day i might push i might get closer than i'd like <laughs> we'll see 30 shiny teddy ursa because dratini was a bus and i don't believe in learning my lesson and i'd <laughs> like to hatch 50 eggs and try to get a shot at the shiny munchlax but right. that's it that's it thank you so so much for listening all the way through yes 37 percent of you do you're the best <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next week good luck on teddy ursa community day shiny vibes and uh, Ursa Luna to the moon! Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.